0: Hey, CLC family. Today, I love this because I get to switch roles. We're putting Christian in the hot seat. He preached a piping hot message Mm. on Sunday. You could not just enjoy it. It was convicting and brought a lot of truth. So I get to put him in the hot seat and say, you got two minutes to recap a really profound, great sermon. Go. Wonderful,
1: um, wonderful. Two minutes. Goodness gracious! I don't like doing this. You know. um, <laughs> it's somebody else's idea. Yeah, right, right. Uh, hey, so we started a new series two weeks ago. Um, we got to jump into it again this weekend, and it's called um, "Rest in Peace Church: Identifying Good Reasons to Stop Church." Which, if you hear that like right out of the gate, it's supposed to be a little jarring and kind of confusing. It's actually offensive. Yeah, it's supposed to be a little offensive. <laughs> like if you're not mildly offensive, then you know, hopefully you'll get there. Um, but the idea is that we do not want to just keep doing church for church's sake. We don't want to miss out on what God's inviting us to, which if we look in the scriptures, it is profound. It is beautiful. It is wonderful. World-changing, right? That we get to participate in this community that is otherworldly, yet right here in this world. And we have hope. We have great joy. um, And we embody heaven on earth. And that's an invitation that God gives us. And so the objective of the series is to identify, where are we missing that? Because it's a really good reason to stop attending church, to let anything outside of this invitation that God is giving us totally die. Let's bury it. Let's put a grave marker on it uh, until we can kind of realign with what Scripture is inviting us to. And so the idea is let's let's identify good reasons to stop attending church and instead become a cross-shaped community, so informed and so um, shaped by who God is, who Jesus is. And so that's the hope through this series. And in doing so, we are turning to Revelation, uh, the book of Revelation, which for some people can be kind of a scary mistake book, our hope is to kind of unpack it in a way um, that helps us understand what they would have read in the first century. Um, but we're going through the seven letters to the church. Right. Um, the whole book is intended to reveal Jesus Christ to a church, uh, to the church in that first century, um, that's undergoing great persecution and trial. And it's intended to remind them of the hope that they have in Jesus, both then and forevermore. It's to reassure them to say, hey, the story ends really well. It's not well right now, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's going to end very well. So it's a book of hope, mm-hmm. um, but they do so in a way they employ uh, apocalyptic literature, employs a lot of imagery, right? And so we can't just take everything at first, uh, at face value. First century readers would not have done that. And so we're reading through this first letter to the church this last weekend to the church in Ephesus. And it is, uh, there's some compliments in there, but Jesus um, kind of kind of uh, lays down the hammer uh, in a loving and gracious way and says, you have disordered your loves. You have totally forsaken the calling that every church has to love God and love neighbor. And since that's the case, he removes the lampstand. He kind of takes away their status as a church all together because it is, it is better for that church to not be in existence at all if it does not follow the invitation to love God and love neighbor, to be what the church ought to be in the world, right? And so um, the challenge for us is to look at our own practices as a church, to look at our own life, and to ask, you know, how do we order our loves? Are we totally missing it? Are we bypassing the Great Commission? Are we bypassing what Christ is calling us to? If we are, if the Christian Life Center is doing that, it's better that we close our doors forever, than to kind of keep in this pattern that is not of Scripture. It might have stopped automatically. I think it. I could keep going forever. I, I don't know. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so all that being said, um, all that being said, what we're going to do is kind of hold everything we do. I've been using this phrase a bit more. Hold everything we do in contempt and evaluate, like, is this loving of God and loving of neighbor? If it's not, let's get rid of it. Let's bury it and have a little funeral service for it. Um, but if it is, let's lean into it and let's be this cross-shaped community uh, meant to, um, really meant to change the world and change Chester County. And so um, that's what we're going to try Do through the series. We hope you'll lean into it. I'm excited about it. It's been uh, fun so far to kind of lean in. So we'll see where it goes. Awesome. Yeah. It's a powerful introduction. And it's kind of amazing that in a book about
0: the future, Jesus spends so much time on the churches. Yeah. That were right there. So yeah. why you you want to go into some things that you were gonna that you developed, and maybe you want to develop further into this sermon?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be glad to. Um, so yeah, it's very um, there's kind of a future oriented element to Revelation, but it is easy, unique and interesting because he is spending a lot of time in the present, and he's writing to a church that was undergoing a lot of things in the present, just like you know 21st century church today. Um, and there's an objective to that. There's a purpose to that to to um, help them kind of recalibrate church altogether. We should read the book of Revelation and always be ready to recalibrate things that we're doing and put things to death and hopefully assume some really good life-giving rhythms and stuff. So um, one thing that I wanted to kind of wrestle with, though, I know in the in the text, or I mentioned this at the end of the sermon that, you know, a lot of times we listen to these things and we kind of walk away with a grocery list of items to do. Um, like, oh, I just don't add up here, don't add up here, don't add up here. Guess what? That's good news. <laughs> we don't add up. Uh, our acknowledgement of that is the very presence of God doing something, grow, helping us grow where to our brokenness. Like that's a good thing. And so we should become aware of those things. And then um, we are invited to participate in the healing process. Um, The way I likened it is like this letter to Ephesus um, was like a letter from a good physician. It's an act of grace and love from God. And so there's a few things that are happening. He gives them a diagnosis. He says, hey, these things you are doing well. These are healthy. However, the big thing, like you have Cancer and it's going to kill you. And so he, he tells him, like, your loves are disordered. You are misprioritizing things. You love being the church, but you actually don't love God and you don't love your neighbor as you should. And so he gives him a diagnosis and says, This is severe. Yeah, you're doing other things well, um, but you have a cancer. And if it goes untreated, it will kill the church. And so he, uh, there's this visual of removing this lampstand, which represents the church. And so they would cease to be a, a church, right? Um, And so there's a serious diagnosis, uh, kind of a serious warning of what should happen if that goes untreated, and then an invitation to respond. Um, And this is where we either go really hard in in the paint and we start working, 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 but that's not what God's calling us to necessarily. Um, um, He's calling us to experience this healing and this transformation that can only happen by His grace. And so we're kind of putting ourselves in a position where God can do a work in us to transform us, to help us order our loves aright. And so the way I thought of it is, um, um, you know, this prescription that your doctor gives you—it's um, such an act of grace and compassion out of, for your best interest. So Jesus gives us a prescription for what we can do for healing. Now, as the patient, I get the choice to either forego it and just totally like, I'm not doing that. Come on, um, or I can participate in the healing process. And I think what we do oftentimes—and—and and, and let me remind us that we don't participate in the healing process to earn God's love, or to earn God's favor, or you know, um, to earn God's grace. Like God already gives. us, to us is this prescription is God's love and grace and compassion for us and so our role then which does require a little bit of work is just to receive it and to practice that prescription and so we see this invitation to repent man just turn away from our broken ways of trying to do things or um Turn away from those things to something that's far greater, far more effective. Um, and so turn away from that and remember our first love. Like remember what it is that God has done. Remind ourselves, recalibrate our minds to remember how good God is and let that be the catalyst that starts to transform us from the inside out. And so um, there's a lot of, you know, I could uh, go on that, all, all that for a while. But really, what could be a hard letter to read is such a letter of grace and compassion. Um, and I think, you know, working through the details of that you see Jesus' heart, Uh, he wants nothing more than to restore and redeem and and help this church thrive, um, but of course, if we continue down the the, the path of like this cancer uh, of misprioritizing our loves, it makes sense. It's better for that church to just die altogether. Uh, it's better for the CLC to die and close its doors forever. Say, hey, everybody else, find a new church to worship at, than to continue in our practices um, of of uh, not loving God and not loving neighbor. And so, hopefully, this challenges us. And I say all that to say to you. I think God's doing some awesome things at the CLC. Um, I'm always just saying, let's continue to hold to challenge ourselves um, to make sure we are always leaning into what God has for us, and anything that does not align with that, let's either reevaluate it and make it align with it, or let's just get rid of it altogether. So, um, yeah, it, yeah, that's some of the things that, uh, you know, if I had a ton of time to talk, I'd probably talk more about. It's a great reminder that we could be yeah. doing
0: some good things, and the, you know, and you point out like, that Christ doesn't say they weren't good, yeah, but that that can coexist with letting you. Losing your first love.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like it's it's like uh, it's like you can exercise and eat healthy and do all these things, but still have an underlying disease and a condition that is just eating away at you internally. Like those things can coexist, and I think that's what the case was in Ephesus. Like they were genuinely doing like some really good things, right? That that other churches. Probably um, could uh, follow. Um, however, it's like the most important thing um, that they just totally missed out on. And for that reason, like it's it's worth shutting that church down. So really hard. Um, but we should all hold ourselves accountable in that way. So
0: yeah, yeah. loving Christ. Do you love me?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a question you developed. Yeah, yeah. Um, great
0: other things you wanted to develop or yeah let's see here I'm gonna look. Brandon, I mean I really appreciated that I am the angel I've never been called an angel by that yeah, I the thought pastor, you'd appreciate so, that so <laughs> call me the angel but but um, yeah a good point that each of the letters begin with that to the angel at the church so you think it's the pastor
1: Yeah, you know, in what I was reading, um, they would say like pastor, presiding bishop, um, uh, because we think angel, like any 21st century person reading that would think angel and think like, oh, this angelic being that is just like otherworldly. But in the context, like it really, it it was speaking more not of what it was, but of the function. Um, And so that's what that word is trying to get as the function of the person receiving it. And the function of the pastors were like messengers, like on behalf of God to that church and congregation. Um, and so um, a lot of commentaries that I read, most of them are around like, hey, it's probably uh, referring, it's symbolic referring to the function of the person over that church. Um, so that could be a pastor or kind of a leader um, or the, the, like a bishop figure over that congregation. And in this case, Probably would have been Timothy, is our understanding, and so um, if it's bishop, it's LK Jordan. Yeah, right. right yeah, 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 uh, yeah, um, right. I mean, yeah. it could even be like our the elders, like that. That probably could, in some ways, be what this is referring to. It's like the people who are responsible um, for this congregation. Um, I'm which, gonna be in trouble with LK now. Yeah, yeah, right. We know but he's watching. Agreed. Hey, LK. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, um, so which shows that there's, there's, you know, it's a really serious thing and so I'm I'm sure they would have shared that letter to to their congregation, and you—we got to remember—it's one whole letter that John is writing with like seven individual like letters packaged in. And every church would have actually probably read each one of the letters because they would yeah, have, had read all, all of the this. Yeah, we get all the mail. Yeah, and so, um, and so it's important, um, that you know all the other churches are seeing this letter to Ephesus, um, but then Ephesus would see all, all of the other letters, which is really important. But um, I like yeah. that
0: application though, in the sense, of the, the, the all humor side. and it, it was funny, but yeah. it, it's, uh, but. You were a messenger Sunday. Yeah. I mean, you were delivering the mail. Yeah. And that is a really great thing yeah. for you and me to remember yeah. is that when we preach or teach or represent Christ, we're just trying to deliver the mail yeah. f- for all of us. And yeah. All so yeah. Yeah. Opt, powerful, yeah. And we all received that. Yeah. So I thought that was apt, powerful, and really engaging.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I never called you an angel in the sermon before. And I thought, you know, maybe Bob would love this. Maybe he wouldn't. But let's give it a shot. Yeah, you know, my wife was
0: serving <laughs> in children's ministry. and ser- So I was going to see what she thought of that. Yeah.
1: You know? so, You're expecting her to, like, call you an angel now angel. when you walk absolutely. in the door? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Jess, I don't know if she's going to do that for me. But we'll try. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to see if there's a, there's anything else in here um, that I thought was worth diving into. Oh, yeah. the Two other things, too. Like, I think um, there's... there's um, There's an ecumenical or uh, ecclesiastic, not ecclesiastic. Uh, What's the adjective for um, the Greek word for church? Ecclesia. Ecclesia, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm forgetting my Greek here. Um, There's like an ecclesiastical responsibility. I am Greek, right? Yeah, don't (laughs) tell my mom, guys. I don't know my Greek. Um, There's an ecclesiastical um, call here. But then I think like... um, this, this sermon could be applied both, like, church-wide, but then, you know, I think this should also force us to look at our own lives, too, um, because it's interesting, you know, the the church is simply a gathering of people, and usually culture is formed um, because a bunch of individuals are getting together, and so indivi- so... So there's a a, a communal component to this, and and maybe we could say an individual component. That As a community, how do we order our loves, right? But then it's important to reflect personally and say, like, hey, how Mm. am I ordering my loves? Because if I order my loves wrong and I bring that to my community, I'm in some ways still kind of shaping... Like, we are a reflection of the group of individuals here at the church. And so um, there's a calling both to to hold our churches accountable as a community. How do we as a community order our loves? And how are we missing God's calling to love God and neighbor well? And then as individuals of that body, um, how am I doing that poorly? How am I misordering my loves? And so... Um, so for for anyone in the church, for anyone watching this, like you're probably at the CLC, um, you know, you are invited to to speak into the life here at the CLC. As you volunteer, as you serve, like, and do all these things, or even as you participate in these things, like, um, you know, you are part of this body, and so there's some responsibility to always evaluate. Like as I said, serving kids ministry, how am I actually loving God and loving my neighbor, or am I just, like, just trying to check off the box for my once a month serving, right? And so we're all kind of called to that higher standard um, but then individually in our own lives outside of Sunday mornings um, our faith isn't just a Sunday Wednesday thing like hopefully it's actually carrying us um, all the time like where in my life am I modeling this well how am I showing people that we have a God who cares about their neighbor uh, the, our neighbors really well right and so um yeah, it's hard to, like, say definitively it's one or the other. I think it's kind of both and, and we just got to look and be very honest and look at our own lives and um, figure out where we're going awry, and then we got to treat it and let Jesus treat us in a way um, that brings healing and restoration. So, um, Are, are yeah. you saying that then there could be the temperature of a church I'm part of, and then there's my own temperature, and they could be different? Um, you know, I think, I'd like to think that someone who um, took a very honest temperature of themselves, um, you know, and knew, you know, where their responsibilities and priorities are. The temperature
0: like. of their love and passion. Yeah, and I'm sure
1: they would then be able to say, hopefully pick up if their community was also doing that well or not. Um, I think in some ways, and this isn't like a... Uh, This is not a rule, but I think in some ways, like, the the community is a reflection of its individuals to a degree. Mm -hmm. Not absolutely, but, like, definitely, especially its leadership in some ways. Um, But I think, like, if you know that your loves are, if you're very intentional on, you know, receiving this passage and and ordering your loves are right, then if you go to, like, a community that is not doing that at all, you could probably easily pick up and say, whoa, like, they're missing this calling entirely, right? Um, And so... um, So in some ways, it's kind of connected in that way. But then, you know, you might have someone whose loves are just totally ruined and they're misprioritizing it Um, and they participate in a community and maybe that community is pointing them in the right direction or maybe that community is just as guilty as the individual and they're reflecting that too. And so, um, yeah, it's kind of, uh, it's challenging. It takes some work, just like a prescription would to kind of identify that. And it takes some honesty, right? Uh, You know, sometimes you might go to the doctor and not disclose all of your symptoms um, out of shame or embarrassment or whatnot. And so the work of healing takes great honesty and it takes actually, um, identifying what is going on. So, um, so there is a, I don't want to definitely say it's, it's not all individual, it's not all communal. I think those things interact in a lot of ways and, you know, just got to figure out what that kind of looks like. So, yeah, awesome. I, I didn't talk about any of that on Sunday. I was kind of wrestling with that because it's invited people to identify in their, where in their own lives they misorder their loves, But, you know, again, this is, um, you know, this could apply on a church level too because he's writing to the messengers of the church. So I think it's kind of both end. Uh, it's hard to totally parse apart in some ways. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Do you want to move into questions? Do you have more
0: summary? Because I've got I, some questions here that kind of build on that.
1: I love questions. Let's let's do it. I'm, so I'm here's totally a question for
0: you. Uh, what do you see as similarities between today's church and the church at Ephesus?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, today's church and the church in Ephesus. I'd say similarity is like, I, you know, it's it's interesting. You see a lot of the same brokenness two thousand years ago as you do today, and like in like people, um, like there are like there are some churches which we'll get into a couple of weeks that like really valued like pleasure over like faithfulness, and so they'd welcome in. Like, bunch of terrible practices like we see this in the sect of uh I always say the name wrong Nicolaiton Nicolaiton's world that's that's one of your questions yeah yeah so we can get into that in a bit but yeah like you know uh how this church welcomed that and they're welcoming all these terrible practices and into their congregation Ephesus didn't do this they were commended for not doing this but um, we see this idea of like just um, brokenness and uh, the same kind of sin um, love for like pleasure for power um, you know love for ourselves over God and neighbor um, the same kind of brokenness that's why this letter so relevant to us is like these are the same problems we just um, have different manifestations of them right and you know um, we have much more things that distract us nowadays we have a lot more distractions and things that take priority, um, you know, than I think they had in the first century. Um, but it's much of the same things, So, you know, if you distill it or boil it down, it's just like love, over se- love for self over and above God and neighbor, love for, like, uh, pleasure, love for career, these, like, just the misordering of our things. So I think there's that component. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of what else. And if you have any thoughts on that one too, please chime in. But I think it's just, like, It's the same problem, just different century, different culture, different language. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, One thing that struck me as you were dividing
0: it out and preaching it, and just I appreciated how you went through really virtually all the sections of that letter to the church was that those strengths and weaknesses can easily coexist. Mm-hmm. Like, you can be really discerning about the Bible. You can apply it and say, these people are wrong. Uh, we're not going to let this into our church, yeah. that, all that. And yet, have your own real fire and devotion for Christ, your love for Christ, just wane. Yeah. And I thought, that's a. have experienced that yeah. in my own life Yeah. where I'm doing these things, but you know what? My fire is low. My yeah. passion's low. Yeah. Um, I experienced that. In different ways throughout a week, yeah, throughout yeah. the course of a day sometimes, yeah. you know, and like, so I just need to be careful to not draw maybe too much encouragement about a strength. Yeah. It's still sure. important. Yeah. He doesn't want me to give that up. Yeah. Like, and, and but I can apply the Bible to other people in situations and whatever yeah. and maybe not really be um, very much in love with Christ. Yeah. Yeah. At that point. So, yeah. Um, and that was their... That was their status, and I've been—I've been there individually. Yeah, um, I'll be there some this week at some point. I, yeah. and you know, and that's why that call to repent, and yeah. return, and do the works I did. Yeah, first, so.
1: Yeah, which reminds me of something else that I meant to say on Sunday but didn't. I, you know, there's never gonna be a point in time where we are free of like free of sin, free of the temptation to disorder our loves. But kind of like a, a disease, um, I think there are seasons when you are. I'm not where I was with the sickness. I'm far removed from like you know all the symptoms and things. Um, and so it's like kind of a spectrum of like towards healing or sickness, because um, I don't think we'll ever be perfectly free of at least the temptation to disorder our loves. I think we are going to have seasons where Mm we're really just jiving with the Spirit and things are going really, really well. Um, And so I think there's kind of this spectrum, like, you know, am I on the journey of healing or am I on the journey of like towards sickness? Um, And we have to be honest because you're right. In a week, like we might have a myriad of things that we're experiencing, um, but we can still take an honest evaluation of like, yeah, this week was kind of rough, but, you know, the self-awareness and the practice of just like looking back and remembering the goodness of God, like has been a good practice of mine and that's helping me towards healing. And so I think we have to always be honest and ask the question, like, am I, am I moving towards healing? Um, And that's self-awareness of my own brokenness and letting god constantly day by day every single day um you know enter and bring healing or am i just kind of like totally neglecting that and just on on this path towards just more sickness and sickness and sickness because um, mm-hmm. i don't want to pretend that you know we'll ever arrive and definitively you know all that stuff that's why we need the grace of god constantly to continue to shape us and that's why we need to come back to this topic and continue to ask ourselves you know where are my loves today um Yeah, so that kind of spectrum idea. I don't want to limit the work that God can do, of course. Um, But I think, like, you know, um, I don't want anyone to think, like, we've arrived. Like, we're good Um, because we still live in a broken world, and uh, we're a fickle people that are preoccupied with a lot of different things sometimes. So um, always ask yourself, like, am I healing right now or am I getting more sick? Um, What Mm -hmm. can I do about it? So, um, yeah. Yeah, the thought struck me. It seems like
0: he's saying, I liked you better when you were brand-new Christians. Mm Mm-hmm. That I'm like, you know, and I mean I've thought about that, like, wow, that is uh that is a self examination question. And yeah, you know, will often say, Yeah, wow, when I was a brand new Christian, those attributes, you know, yeah were were certain attributes were stronger, and yeah. those are the ones that maybe are more important.
1: Yeah, yeah, honestly. Um that's a hard thing to hear. Like I like to I was uh, I was gonna read in Amos five where um the the the, the prophet, I guess representing the words of God, says like, hey, get away with your ridiculous religious festivals, like your services, your programs, like they are, they're, they are, um, Terrible, like they. It says I can't remember the verbiage, but it's like a hard condemnation on, like, stop your church stuff. Like it's ridiculous. Your songs are just noise, uh, noise for my ears. It doesn't even sound great um, because their heart, like, wasn't in it. There was, they were lacking that that heart of worship, that love for God, and so like um, anything that's in existence that uh, just uh, um, kind of like the idea of like your new Christians, like. Even if you do got great theology, doing all these things, but like you you don't have that love, like it's just it is just pointless. And so do away with all that stuff. But um, yeah, I think that letter you, led it, you a, did
0: say that because yeah, he also quoted First Corinthians. 13. Oh, yeah, I
1: did. I did do First Corinthians thirteen. I kind of settled there where there's this rebuke of like, hey, like you could do all these great things, but if there's no love, then like you're wasting your time. And who wants to waste your time, right? Um, I mean, yeah, it's kind of yeah. a harsh rebuke in some ways. So. Does feel I mean you may have been nice, but it does seem like pretty harsh from
0: Jesus in a sure. sense. I mean, yeah, um, yeah, not to criticize Jesus. Um, sure. But, um, you uh, that first Corinthians thirteen. The clanging gong. Some people say that was pagan religion. You know, he's mm. like, if you can do all these things, it's like they would clang the gong, and he yeah. says, you're you're just doing what the pagans do. Yeah, that's, I, that's I didn't know rituals, whatever, that. Yeah,
1: so, yeah that's, that's good to know. But, um, yeah. but no,
0: you brought that out very much from yeah, first Corinthians cool. thirteen. Yeah, um, I was trying to. Um, yeah.
1: So So it was convicting
0: at that point. I was trying to get distracted, but you were too interesting.
1: Yeah, (laughs) sorry. Yeah, yeah. I can be less interesting. No, it was was a message to, yeah, yeah, I I can't imagine uh, someone not being convicted by. Sure. Yeah. Even as I was writing, I was like, "Man, and I, this is a good practice for any like anyone writing but I was like, "Man, like I gotta you know always look at my own life too, and you know, um, it's always a good reminder and kind of way to hold accountable because it should convict us. Scripture should always be convicting us and challenging us to kind of that next step. Um, and uh, and yeah, so I felt some of that even as in the writing of it. And, you know, it's always kind of an interesting challenge. Here's, uh, here's another question: yeah. follow-up. what might be the equivalent today of the Nicolaitans? Hmm.
0: To the church of the 2020s.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So I mean, let's identify again what the Nicolait- Nicolaitans did. I say that weird. It sounds like my uh, my 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 mom's family. Nicolaitus was their name, and so it always that was their last name. So always. Anyway. Um, I always almost accidentally say that instead of the right. lady. They got a
0: bad practice named after them.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, yeah, so they—I mean—they—they compromise the faith entirely, um, but they were condemned. My understanding is they bring like terrible sexual practices and pagan practices like into church, and they would normalize that as like a, a you know a thing. Um, and so where does the and so the question is like what uh, what's the comp- what's today's the equivalent. Um, yeah, I mean, uh I'd say that anything that um anything that so closely ties itself to idols that are not of God. So th- those are more explicit like sin things that that church uh that the Nicolaitans did uh bringing in pagan practices. Um but you know, I would say even any church, I don't know, this might be offensive like but any churches that like um so tie themselves with Pagan things. So even like political parties, like those do not carry the hope of the world. Um, Those are not of God. And if we try and marry ourselves with a political party, um, with the hopes of uh, you know, and letting that be take our attention off of Jesus and onto something else, I'd say that's maybe uh, an equivalent. Um, uh, Trying to think of what else, because there, I mean, there are some churches that. um, We have way too many denominations as a a big church, right? Uh, uh, And so there's some denominations that practice different theology. So we might argue, like, hey, that's kind of welcoming in um, theology that I don't see in scriptures, right? Um, Things that we might see as heresy or I don't know. Well, having sex with whoever you want, whenever you want. Yeah, promiscuity. Yeah, yeah.
0: He does say, and you quoted, like, he hates the deeds. Yes, yes, yes. yes. But they didn't hate the people. He doesn't say, you hated the Nicolaitans, good. yeah, yeah. You hate their deeds. What they did, yep. Um, and good because some churches are just welcoming their deeds. Yeah, yeah. And the way to love a person is not necessarily to say whatever you're doing is fine. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. Sometimes you know. Yeah. I, at least that's that's what I'm gonna. Yeah. The equivalency though. Anything else on like what might be a modern day equivalency? You mentioned some. Yeah. Is there any like direct parallel? It's.
1: Um. I mean, I'd say if you're in, you're reading a scripture and you look at a church that is, yeah, I guess welcoming those deeds. And so it could be anything from sexual promiscuity to a sexual ethic that we don't see in scripture. Those are some, um, you know, there's, uh, um, I'm trying to think of some, cause in the Nicolaitans that's specifically regarding to a sexual ethic that they're totally, uh, rejected, um, the, the, you know, Christocentric sexual ethic, whereas, um, I'm trying to think of other examples outside of sexual ethic. I can't, I can't, yeah. I can't think of anything right now, but I'm sure they're out there.
0: It's scary sometimes, you know, if we spend our money the same exact way the world does, most yeah. of it, I mean, most yeah. of the world spends 113% of their income on themselves, yeah. most of America. Yeah, yeah. Which means they're going into debt. Like yeah. crazy. You yeah. Mean, are we more generous? Are we yeah. more faithful to yeah. our spouses? Are we more, I mean, it's a... It's a, good, it's a good question
1: yeah and I say you know um, yeah who who are we loving um, you know yeah I think kind of wrestling with the deeds of like are we um, are we loving who God calls us to or are we kind of loving ourselves um, and a lot, I know a lot of churches are really good at loving ourselves and, you know um, and I know a lot of churches are doing really well loving their neighbor and stuff and so just some questions asked but do our deeds um, are, are they um do they reflect what God's calling us to, to love God and love neighbor? Um, And I think if it falls outside of that realm in any church other than first century today, um, then it could be comparable to the Nicolaitans. Because in some ways, the Nicolaitans were loving themselves, and they were creating a terrible culture that um, did not love God or neighbor well. And, you know, and they were commended for not not letting that in their culture, but they even still had some of that in their culture already. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's a really good question. It's a bit more challenging to answer, but I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, excellent. Um, the third question
0: is sure. not necessarily related, but I, I think it's a good one. I'd like to know, hear your take on it. It says, Dallas Willard famously said, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry mm. from your life. You're not you're not in a hurry for anything these days. Um, what's your reaction to that statement? What's your
1: reaction? Yes. You know, hurry... Uh, I think, I don't know if this is in the screw tape letters. I could be making this up, too. Um, but the idea, which you should go to Jeff's class on Wednesday nights here, Cal. But I think, if I'm remembering correctly, in the screw tape letters, it's like the devil training demons to just, like, um, totally ruin people, essentially, and to take them away from God. And one of the things is, uh, I think one of the, the devils teaching a demon saying, keep them busy. Like, let them just preoccupy themselves with all of these things, because guess what? When they do, they miss the most important things in life. They just totally miss it. They miss prioritizing things. Like, so keep them busy with work, keep them busy with pleasure, keep them busy with all of these things. And they won't think for a second, um, what it is that they're actually doing with their lives. I could be making all that up, but I'm vaguely recalling there's some, something in there that's comparable to that. But I think a busyness, um, busyness is, can totally ruin, uh, and distract and take us away from actually slowing down enough to see God and what God's inviting us to. Um, when someone's so busy, they can't, like, for example, I use this in a sermon once, um, you know, for a song, you can't enjoy or appreciate a song for the most part unless you listen to it at the speed that you get it. Um, and so, um, and that's what we do with songs that we love. We we listen to it at the speed that we get it because um, we appreciate it in its fullness. If I sped up the song two to three times, I would miss out on some of what I love about the song. And in the same way, I think like in order for us to experience God um, in fullness, and in order to just experience what He's calling us to. Um, we have to slow down, or we're just kind of missing it. Um, it's not the best example. Um, but I do think um, when we're distracted, busyness is usually, we're usually more distracted. We have less discretionary time. Uh, and usually, I'm guilty when I am no longer busy or I have downtime. Sometimes I spend it on me. I watch TV, I eat junk food, things that, you know. And so, um, and so, I think busyness is just a, is a kind of a stain in our culture today because it does distract us from a lot of things. Um, it distracts us from people. It distracts us from God. And we fail to ask the, the, the richest questions in life about how we're spending our time and resources. Um, and so I love that quote um, because I think we need to eliminate it before it eliminates our chance to um, to be wise stewards of the time that God has given us. Um, and so hurry can... Uh, hurry, yeah can be a terrible thing because we miss out a lot so uh, I'm sure there's much more to be said about that right now that escapes me but I don't know do you have anything to add to that I
0: don't know when I think about um, how Jeff kicked it off like team dragon yeah you know team Babylon and team lamb I kind of think of those like um, a lamb's not doesn't picture them being in a great hurry or Jesus being in a great hurry yeah yeah he's very patient but I do picture a beast like just like on the rampage and whatever and I guess when I get in a hurry, I'm on Team Beast or yeah. Team Babylon, yeah. you know. And uh, hurry is a dangerous place to be. Yeah. But I'm saying that, and I've got like, I've got five meetings on my schedule today yeah, that yeah. are set. You know, and ones it's with very me. hard yeah, yeah, not yeah. to yeah. do that. That's, yeah. That's delightful. And this yeah. Is, yeah. And this yeah. is fun too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're really good meetings, but uh, and I'm looking forward to all of them in different yeah. ways. But yeah. it's easy to get in a hurry. It is. Uh, versus. Serving people efficiently and well.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think as I'm thinking about it, you know, what are the, some of the, the what are some of the biggest things that disappear when you're in a hurry? Your ability to sit with and love your neighbor. You know, your ability to love your spouse, love your kids. Like you know, when I'm in a hurry, I miss out on really good moments, and my ability to love God really well. And not saying that, like, you can't ever be busy for some time, but I think if, like, our lives are characterized by this busyness that leaves no time um, for these other things, and we we aren't able to love others as well, and we're maybe not able to love God as well, um, if if our whole life is characterized by this tension of hurry. So I don't want to make it sound like it's sinful for you to ever be in a hurry, um, but I think if that characterizes everything, then there's probably some pretty big problems. And so we have to eliminate that ruthless hurrying. I house. think if
0: we're ruthless about any sin like that, yeah, oh yeah, well, it'll push us to be close to
1: Jesus and to love Him.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And that may be how we can connect. That it's like, um, I know one time uh, I tried to eliminate all complaining. Mm-hmm. Like I just wasn't allowed to complain. And I don't think of myself as a complainer, Christian. Mm-hmm. I don't. You might tell me otherwise. Maybe I complain, but
1: <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> but when
0: I was trying to not complain, I realized I did it a lot. Yeah. Or I was ready to do it. Yeah. The weather. Uh, the traffic, yeah. you know, uh, whatever.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and so I found that by focusing on one thing, I kind of just pressed into Jesus yeah. and said, like, Lord, I really don't want to complain at all. Like, not at all. I want to be ruthless. And I ask other people to keep me ruthless on that. And yeah. so that may be one way it can help us. Um, we want to just talk some about how we use this time. So yes. Maybe that's... A time to talk about that because this has been the noon hour. We were trying to pick a time, then it, it had been had some long standing, mm-hmm. uh, but we're also open to doing some new things with this to just make it the most engaging time, yeah. the most engaging format, the most engaging place. Even we've talked about, yeah. So if you love Tuesdays at noon and you say keep it there, that's the best, mm-hmm. then let us know. But if yeah. you also have some other ideas. Uh, they could range from Sunday right after if we were yeah. to do that. Or... Yeah,
1: we want to be good stewards of this time. And, and I guess the whole hope is to not create like a monologue on Sundays that no one can't push back on or that no one yeah. can engage with. And so the the idea of this podcast is to create a dialogue. Um, but we understand that there's other ways to do that really well, other times to do that. And so as you notice, we weren't here the last couple of weeks. It's because we've been asking this question. Um, and and, uh, and so we might, you know. The, even the next couple of weeks might be in the air, depending on where we land with this. But our hope is to figure out what's the most, you know, effective and helpful way for y'all um, to dialogue with the text. Um, and so, send in your ideas if you want to email them to either myself or Bob. Um, we're gl- we're gladly welcoming kind of anything. If this, you know, Tuesday at noon is like your jam, and you're like, hey, you know, this is great. Or even if you're listening to this after the fact, and you know, for it to be recorded on Tuesday at noon, so you can listen Tuesday in the evening. Like, if that's if that's your jam, let us know. Like, this is help. Feedback We just want to be good stewards of it, make sure there's a, a resourceful for you as we are all seeking to love Jesus and neighbor more. So, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it you know. If you don't like the change you make, then you can
0: blame Nate Clark, our yes. new Creative Tech production new guy. And actually, you know, if a question comes in that is really uncomfortable, hard, challenging, I think yeah. we should put Nate on the hot
1: seat. That'd be cool. I'm sure he'd like it. And so I'm curious if he's like watching this part of the episode. I um, want to see if he'll he'll chat with us about you know, we what will, we shared. So. We will find out. <laughs> or
0: maybe we'll just bounce the question back to some of the congregation. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, but, so but let us know. Emails. We'd honestly love to hear you. Nothing's off the table. Um we were just want to do this as best as we can. Can, it is a way to keep it from being
0: a monologue. We don't yeah. want it to be a monologue because we are infallible, and yeah. also someone. There's always things we wish we did differently. Yeah, um, but also someone may say, "Hey, I want to push back against this and drill into. It. Is that yeah. really in the in that text? Is it in the in the Bible? Is yeah, it elsewhere maybe. Yeah, that's all legitimate. I yeah,
1: it. it is. So. Where yeah, and we might get it wrong, and so push back and press us, and and then we will all get clarity of it. But I think that's uh, super helpful. So yeah,
0: I think the evidence that of. The preaching and teaching of Paul in Acts 17 was being talked about and they were interrogating Hmm. what he taught and interrogating him. And when it says that the Bereans searched the scriptures Hmm. and they were seeing if what Paul had preached was faithful to what scripture said. And yeah. that was just, he really just had the old Testament scriptures. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mainly making the point that Jesus was the Messiah yeah. and that his claims, were what he claimed and that his claims were fulfilled. Yeah. So if, if it was right for them and they're called more noble minded than other churches doing yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, we'll be more noble minded if we question and interrogate and yeah. say, is that all there? And yeah. if you're unsure ever about what is that all in the Bible, is that exactly defined right? Definitely. You know, Question it. And you don't have to be limited to this program to do that. You can come up and talk to us.
1: Yeah. That'd be great. And we're always here on Sunday, so even press us right after the sermon, whatever you need to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Between the first and second service, I don't make the same mistake twice.
1: Yeah, right? Yeah. That'd be great, actually. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, yeah, thanks for joining us for this podcast. Sorry about the little uh, tech mishap, but, hey, it happens, uh, and it's totally all right. So um, I'm glad you all got to tune in, and I guess we will uh, see you in the future. um, But stay tuned. We'll post on, I guess, social media or in our newsletter for any kind of new initiatives that we have. So just kind of stay tuned, and, uh, yeah, I think that's all I got. Fantastic. All right. Thanks, Christian. Yeah, thank you. Y'all take care. We'll see you soon. Great.